This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We hear a lot of pitches on this show. I mean, no surprise there. It's the name of the podcast. But the entrepreneurs who come on this show, they're pitching more than just a business idea. They're pitching their dream. Because when you run a small business, you're putting your whole self into it. State Farm gets that. And they work with small business owners across the country to help create personalized plans that are built for their small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hello, this is Josh. Hey, Josh, this is Rich Kellerman. I'm uh, calling about the pitch. Where are you calling from? From Boulder, Colorado. You have reached the pitch hotline. Hey, I'm Quinn Ballard from Nashville. Hi, Josh. My name is Rhiannon Payne. I'm so glad you answered. Wow, right on. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from San Francisco. This is uh, Sean McCarty. What's up, Sean? My name is Andrew. Where are you calling from? Uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Ooh, Canada, eh? A few weeks ago, we opened up the phone lines and invited listeners to call in and pitch their business. And a ton of you took us up on it, over 200. It was really fun to hear all your creative business ideas. You pick the hairstyle you want on the phone, and it's like a marketplace. So it's like Uber for haircuts. That's correct. By harnessing the power of plasma, PPNG can superheat and reform garbage into a renewable source of industrial chemicals, fuels, <laughs> metals, and aggregate materials. Cool. And people really want this product in a can. They're, they're begging for it. Oh, so it's kind of like beer pong without the beer. Yeah. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. Welcome to our first ever call-in show. One of the reasons we did this was because we know that a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs themselves. And we figured, hey, we're always looking for awesome startups to pitch our investors. Maybe some of you should be on the show. So we saved a slot at our next recording event for one of the founders who called in. And after we heard all these pitches, we had to decide who should come on the show. So here's what we're going to do now. We're going to play you a few of our favorite pitches from that call-in and then take you on the journey of how we came to pick one lucky winner to pitch our investors. We started by whittling it down to our three favorite calls. And here they are. Producer Heather Rogers joined me in the studio. Oh, we have a caller. Hello, this is Josh. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good, man. I was just, uh, I love your show, so I, you know, I, I'm calling him in about the one-minute pitch. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. Um, what's your name? My name is Hector Morales. Where are you calling from? Oh, Miami, Florida. All right. I'm excited to hear your pitch, Hector. We've got a timer here. We're going to start it. Now, we are creating a 2.0 version of furniture shopping for the nation. The old way is to go to a big box store in which you may find one or two options you like and finding out that they only come in one color and one size. On top of that, it's usually made in China with low-grade construction and low-grade materials. Here at Luxology Home, we believe there's a better way to build a sofa, and we back up our quality and affordable pricing with free white glove delivery, free returns, one to two-week production lead times, and the first-ever furniture trade-in program. So you will never have to sell your furniture to a questionable character on Craigslist ever again. 
best of all, everything we do and everything we make is passionately eco-friendly and sustainable. From the wood frames we build to the clean foams, blues, and fabric choices, to the very manufacturing processes we use to craft artisan furniture with love right here in Miami. <laughs> that timer got me really nervous at the end. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the idea. We want to make you nervous. Um, yeah. Is this is this a real business? Are you are you like? Is it oh, available? Yeah. yeah, I've already invested one point three million into it. You've invested one point three million, or investors yes. have invested? Yes, I got a million dollar loan from my bank, um, and I invested three hundred of my own money. So I started a business in two thousand nine, a furniture store. So uh, we do real well with that store, and so the bank uh, approved this loan. That's great. And in the most concise possible way, tell me yep. like what is like what's different about the product that you've spent a million dollars developing? Like this is gonna be <laughs> this better be some damn good couch, right? It's it's damn good. So uh, everything is just top of the line. That like you could throw this sofa off the second floor and it it'll survive. So it, this is this is like high end direct to consumer shipped furniture. High end, but not high pricing. So that's the that's the idea here. So, all right, well, I'm super curious to hear about this miracle couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody loves it here, so you'll see. Thanks, Hector. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Josh. All right, have, have a good, good one. one. Bye. Bye bye. I like Hector. Yeah. Okay, ready. Oh, ready, yes. Wow, that's just... Hello, this is Josh. Hi, Josh. This is Lee with Diggs. Hi, Lee. Thanks for calling in. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from New Orleans. All right. Well, Lee, I'm excited to hear your your pitch. Okay. And go. Hi, I'm Lee Isaacson, CEO and co-founder of Dig, the dog person's dating app. Dig is the best way for dog lovers and dog owners to find a compatible match and plan a dog-friendly date. So far, 60,000 people have turned to Dig to find love. We get the word out in a unique, cost-efficient way and address pain points in both the booming $75 billion pet industry as well as the growing world of niche dating apps. Our big dog-friendly events nationwide are exclusive for Dig users, they provide lots of press and enthusiasm and offer dog companies hyper-local means of getting in front of our dedicated and emotional dog-loving users. 55% of single adults in the U.S. are pet owners with dogs leading the way. We already have relationships with giants in both the pet industry and dating worlds. We've raised $410,000 and now we're seeking $350,000. Wow. Thank you. Well done. You just crushed it. Um, okay, this is genius. Marrying pets and dating. I'm so curious. Yeah. Where did you come up with this idea? My sister was dating a guy who tried to be a dog person for her. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know exactly where this is going. By the end of the relationship, he didn't want the dog in his apartment. He would put towels down on the couch so the dog didn't touch anything. And she said to me, I wish I just knew from the start this wasn't going to work because of my dog. If you if you date me, you're getting me and my pets. That's how oh, this you works. Know it. And how are most people finding out about the app? Like, how is it growing? So my background's in TV news reporting. Um, and so we do a lot of work with press. We were on um, How I Built This, uh, which gave us a huge boost oh, in their yeah. you know, second half and the How You Built That segment. Yep. Um, and we do a lot of work. We were on NBC Sports during the uh, Beverly Hills Dog Show. 
and it's dogs in love, so people don't mind talking about it. It's pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Lee, this is really, really great. Um, I love this. Thank you so much, and thank you all for doing this all the time. I love the podcast. Thank really you so much, it. Lee. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Cool. That was good. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Another caller. Ready, ready? Ready, ready. Hello, this is Josh. Hi, I'm trying to reach uh, the pitch. You've reached the pitch. This is Josh. Okay, hi. Um, so, Who's this? Uh, my name is Edward Skisov, and I'm from the startup called KickSense, which is based in Denver, Colorado. KickSense? Yes. All right. Well, uh, what is your one-minute pitch? Uh, my name is Edward, and with my wife, Anna, we are co-founders of the startup called KickSense. Uh, uh, KickSense uh, is a platform for karate schools and karate tournament organizers. KickSense makes training interesting when it compares students' movement to sensei's movement right then and there on the screen. And for karate tournament organizers who want their tournaments to run smoothly and without tears, KickSense has automated competition scoring system that needs just one judge per ring instead of five that are needed today. Okay, so it's like that. You have like you have sensors, and people are competing in the class, and you've got a bunch of metrics. There's like a board where people can see how they're competing in the class, see how they compare to the instructor. Right. Right. All right. Right. So you've got like a you've got a sensei on your website. It's a karate consultant on the website. Right. Can you tell me about him? That's my son. He is working on his black belt. He is brown belt currently working on his black belt. Okay. Um, so your uh, your son is your first user. Yes, he came up with the idea. So he's on a patent application also, and then he we worked together on the putting together the hardware parts and so forth. That's great. When did your son come up with his idea? Uh, well, the original moment was probably when he yet again was lost a, a, a bout with another boy because the judgment was so bad. The scoring, uh... the, the scoring is just horrible in karate. So this gets rid of the referee, whatever the equivalent of a referee is in karate. Exactly. Exactly. It automates the scoring system. And with karate going into Olympics in 2020, um, I, I, you know, they're going to fail miserably. They don't know it yet. If AI could replace refs, I think the world would be a better place. Right, right. <laughs> a less angrier place. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for calling in. Thank you, Josh. Thank you very much. Of course. Have a good one. Okay. Bye. You too. Bye. Okay, you just heard our three favorite pitches from the day we took your calls. Now we're gonna nail down who's number one. When we come back, we'll take you behind the scenes at the pitch and give you a little taste of how we choose the entrepreneurs that come on our show. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. As rewarding as it may be, small business owners have a lot riding on their shoulders. It's a lot of stress to own, run, and grow your small business, not to mention finding someone who can give you the answers and support you need. 
But State Farm agents aren't just there to understand your small business needs. They're there to prioritize them and help create personalized plans with your needs in mind. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back to the show. You just heard our three favorite pitches from the call-in event. They came from Hector Morales from Luxology, Lee Isaacson of Dig, and Edward Skizoff from KickSense. The next step was for me and the pitch producers to sit down and figure out who should come on the show. And we started by asking a question. What did we need to learn about these startups before we could make a call? Kareem and Heather, you're both with me, joining me in the studio today. Hi, Josh. Hey, Josh. Okay, so uh, I'll go first. So my favorite, are we allowed to have favorites? I think that's fine. Yeah. So this guy, Hector Morales uh, with Luxology, so he's the guy that's doing this premium uh, custom furniture that's made in the USA and shipped direct to consumers. And I I just, I like Hector a lot. Like, I think he's one of those people that, like, I just rooted for him and I want to see what he can do in the pitch room. What what do you guys think? Like he's saying, even the name of the company, Luxology, it's like he's like, I'm making high-end stuff, but I'm making it for at a low cost. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's the part that's that doesn't really make sense because if he produces it here in the US, like it just it, it just, I don't understand how it's gonna be cheaper to produce it here. You know, the materials are more expensive, the materials he says he's using, labor is more expensive. And like people, like manufacturing shifted to China because labor is so cheap. For a reason, yeah. Yeah. So I don't yeah. I don't get that logic. Yeah, I mean he seems to think it's cheaper, but I don't I don't know why. So I, those are good questions. I'll ask him. Yeah. Who do you got for us, Kareem? Yeah, so guys, I loved Edward and Kicksense, um, and his son, the karate consultant. The karate kid. <laughs> uh here's what I think. Uh, I think across sports, like more and more of like refereeing will become automated. Um, and I just look as far as like tech goes in sports, like if you look at baseball, they're, you know, instituting more tech um, as far as like the umpires. I don't know. I, I think there might be something there. And I know that there's a ton of people who do karate, a ton of kids who do karate. I, I think they might be onto something. Yeah. But how, how do you know there are a ton of kids who do karate? Like how many? Did you do karate? Like, do I do karate? No. <laughs> well, do you? I don't know. I, I feel like I would say that the market's just off the top of my head, like pretty big for karate. I feel like a lot of kids do karate when they're young. That's pretty vague, Kareem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to need more detail. Yeah. Well, I will ask. Um, yeah. Any other questions that I should find out? And also, like, what kind of experience do they have? Like... Can they sell this? The founders. Yeah. Got it. Heather, you're up. All right. So um, so I am really interested in Dig and Lee. You dig, dig? I dig, dig. I dig, dig. I mean, I would never go on it because I don't have a dog and I'm not that crazy about dogs. But, um, but I you're think not a dog that person? I'm not a dog. I mean, I ain't, like if I see them, it's totally, I'm like happy to pet them. But mm-hmm. um, I don't. I don't like them in my house. Um, but anyway, so she. I just like her. I think she's. I think she's like. 
interesting and smart and like just like can talk about it really easily. And I also think that the investors are going to like it. And I think they're going to like her. Yeah. No, I think Lee's great too. I guess the the fear is it's like, oh, well, is this really, does this really need to be its own dating app? Or does Match or Tinder or eHarmony, like, or can they just like put a box there that's like, I'm a dog lover, I check the box, and then then her business is done, right? Right, 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 right. So it's that perennial question, is this a feature or a business? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Right. And then yeah. even if they are successful, are they ever like big enough of a success? Are there that many dog owners that also want to find their soulmates uh, via a dog pairing app? Or right. is this just never going to get big enough to be exciting to investors? I guess I worry about that. Like, is it is it too niche? Yeah. Do they need to open it up to cat owners as well? <laughs> I don't think they would you know? get along. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Okay, so I'm going to go to Lee, and I'm going to ask her, is this a feature or is it actually a business? And I'm going to ask her, like, how? what is the market? How many people want to find true love through a dog app, a dog dating app? Those are my main questions, right? Yeah. Yeah, those, those are the questions. Great. All right, so here's what we'll do. Heather, you're going to call Lee, Kareem, you're going to talk to the KickSense founders, and then I'll go talk to Hector Morales with um, Luxology. Then we're going to get some answers and we'll come back. Great. I got it. And then we'll we'll pick our winners. After the break, we talk to the founders and find out who's got the right stuff. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Josh. Hey, Kareem. Hey, Heather. So what'd you guys find out? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. So I talked to Lee from Dig, and our questions were basically like, is this a feature or a business? And like, how many people are really going to use this thing? Yeah. Did she have good answers? Yeah, she did, actually. Um, She was talking about how there is this huge market for these niche dating apps. So here's what Lee said. So if you look at um, Match, Corporation, for example, they own 49 different dating apps. And so in terms of exit possibilities, places like Match Group, the Meet Group is another one. There are these large corporations looking to not just incubate their own dating apps, but to go out and purchase other dating apps. It's very much a part of the 
world right now in dating apps is the growth of niche dating apps. Um, you can find ones that focus on religion. You can find ones that focus on people who, who have a beard. And it sounds silly, but people in this world know that there's there's so many and they all are able to share kind of users because people aren't picking one or another. So like her our whole argument is like, yeah, it's really fragmented, but that's okay because there's one big company that's buying up all the fragment, fragmented ones and they make a bigger pie and that's just what they do. And so we're well, going to sell to them. Yeah, well, ho- I mean, the idea is hopefully to sell to them. I mean, it's just she sees that there's room for lots of pieces in the pie. Okay. But so she's also getting ad revenue from dog food companies and dog walking companies to advertise on her on her app. You know, and like spending on dog stuff is like through the roof. So she's got these two pretty solid uh, foundations. She's two businesses in one. Yeah. She's both a dating app and like a social media app in a way for yeah. dog lovers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah. And she told me on the whether it's a feature or a business. So the rise of niche dating apps has made this pretty commonplace among um, the dating app world. You've got your average dating app user using three or four dating apps at a time. People are used to kind of having their their main dating apps that they could swipe all day if they want to. And then dating apps that really cut to the chase in addition, kind of in their repertoire on their phone. Um, And so people are paying across the board for either the niche ones or the large ones. So she was totally unconcerned about Bumble turning on a switch and wiping her off the map. So do you do you buy it? Do you buy her argument? I do. I do. I mean, I can see how investors would like it. I mean, I, uh-huh. I do. I think she she just has like really solid answers to things. And she's very, you know, she didn't get ruffled. And, and um, I feel like the investors really like that. What do you think, Kareem? Do you find it convincing, her answers? No, I think it's... uh, I also buy the argument that it probably makes sense to have many kinds of these dating apps. So it's convincing, and I I think the advertising piece is kind of unique because it's uh, very targeted, like who she's going after as far as advertisers. Um, Dog food companies probably wouldn't advertise on Tinder, but they would definitely advertise on this. So that (laughs) seems like a little like niche that she can corner. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how investors will see it, but I'm sold. All right. So maybe a little bit stronger of an argument after that call. That's good. I think so. Kareem, how did how did your call go with uh, the KickSense founders? It went great. I like them a lot. So I brought the questions that we had about KickSense to Edward and Anna, who are a delight, by the way. Um, One of the questions we had was like, how many karate studios are there in the country and how big could the market be? Because on first glance, it sounds a little bit niche. Their answer was that there's seven about 17,000 karate studios across the country and there's a ton of tournaments and that, you know, teachers are looking for ways to fit more students in their classes. And they claim that this allows them to do that because they can kind of just monitor more students at one time with this KickSense technology. So that was pretty convincing. Oh, so they can have bigger classes and make more money. Exactly. The other thing we were concerned about was whether or not they could sell this to karate studios and dojos and things like that. But um, on that point, I was a little less convinced. To a degree, the sports of karate is very hierarchical. 
meaning that every sensei traces its lineage to some other sensei who traces its lineage to some other sensei and so forth. So even though there is 17,000 dojos out there, they are all connected to each other. Because of this kind of connectedness, there is a bit of network effect where we are planning to create virality where we sell this to, to one dojo, and then, you know, the senseis of the dojo talk to other senseis at the tournament and they say, yeah, you know, this is what we're doing now. And then those senseis can uh, talk to, you know, other senseis and so forth. Which, in fact, confirms that it sounds like it's a lot of work um, and a very, like, manual process. But they had a plan for it, which was promising. Uh, but the plan seemed hard. Yeah. Do they have a background in that, either of them, in sales? Um, Edward has a background in computer science, and 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 Anna has started a couple of businesses before herself. She says they were lifestyle businesses, um, but it didn't seem like they had any direct sales experience. Their karate consultant also didn't have much business experience himself. He was also 13 years old, so. Okay. I think at the end of the day, I, I did like them a lot, and I think they could be cool to see um, pitched to our investors. All right. And so, okay, Josh, how about you? You you had some marching orders too. So I spoke with Hector, and so I asked him about this manufacturing side of things, right? Like, how is he able to manufacture in the U.S. and compete with couches made in China? And what he said was that it's, in short, all about the middlemen. There's like a lot of middlemen. It really comes out to about six steps, roughly. Six before steps. It gets to the, uh, before it gets to the consumer. So here you take all those steps out, and now you're talking about factory. And the, each step is adding how much in cost? It usually doubles in cost every time. So, a, okay, so do the math for me. So how much is a $2,000 couch from China? What is the original cost of that couch before it leaves China? It's about 200 bucks. So it's a 10x increase in cost? Yes, easy. So the $200 couch, if you were to buy it in China and go pick it up, by the time it hits the US, it costs 10 times that. It's a $2,000 couch. So he's able to make a couch for five or 600 bucks, ship it direct to the consumer, and they're able to get that same couch for 1500 bucks. $500 less and a much better couch. So it sounds like what he is doing is he's not going after the people who are buying the cheap couch. He's going after people who want a higher-end couch, but at a lower price point. Precisely. Got it. Okay. So how does he plan on like ramping up and scaling in the U.S.? So I asked him about this, and specifically I was like, hey, like investors aren't going to want to. It, like They aren't going to want to take on that additional risk of like trusting that you know how to launch and scale a manufacturing company. And he said, <laughs> he's like, my superpower, Josh, is I know how to hire all the best people. Well, one of my superpowers is finding the right people. That's what I've always been really good at. I know how to, how to grill a person the right way and ask them the right questions to figure out if they really know what they're talking about. Because people like to say they know what they're talking about until you put them to the fire and then they don't really know. So. <laughs> So I'm very picky about who's on the team. Everybody brings always a positive energy and a lot of experience to the table. Otherwise, they're not getting hired. And then we get in this conversation about manufacturing because I was like, manufacturing is nasty. Like people avoid it because it's it's so hard to do 
and to actually make money on. And it's so messy. And he's like, manufacturing is like what I love about above all else. Like that's my favorite thing in life. Like, I really? think it's the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. I love manufacturing. That has to put you in rare company. No matter what I do for the rest of my life, I'm going to be in manufacturing. <laughs> and then I accidentally later said, I was like, oh, so you like manufacturing. That's cool and all, but that's not going to fly with the investors. He's like, no, I love manufacturing. <laughs> hmm. I'm still skeptical. I am so convinced. This guy's awesome. Kareem's making a funny face. Yeah. Um, the business, as you've described it, is unconvincing for me at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, what do you think? I mean, I think that I like KickSense in the sense of like Edward and Anna sound interesting to me, um, but I'm not totally convinced that it's a business that's going to fly. And Hector he has very special superpowers, but I'm also not convinced. I'm less convinced that his business is going to work out. You're even less convinced? I'm even less convinced about Hector's I've done a horrible plan. job. I'm sorry. Hector, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I tried my very best. I do believe he has superpowers. <laughs> um, but I think Lee has the best business for the show and for our investors. That's That's where I stand. So you think she's the most likely of the three to get investment? I think Lee is the most likely of the three to get investment. I think she's going to do really well in the pitch room. Um, and I think that like her business is just, it just is like really well suited to venture capital. Because venture capital loves dogs and dating. They love dogs and date, and they've been, and, and it's, it's like something I can see selling for a lot of money and they, that's what they love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another thing venture capital loves is recurring revenue. And I think that's going to be tough to get out of Luxology and Hector's company. So that's probably my least favorite of the three. Get out of here. Because you can't compare apples to oranges here. It's a completely different category. It's a consumer startup. You can't compare that versus enterprise startup. That's true. But it's, it's still, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't see our investors wanting to like wade into the like manufacturing waters. Um, with Dig and and Lee, my concern is more like what side of the dating app trend are we on at this point? Like dating apps were like huge, like five years ago, and so like are we on the wrong side of this trend? Is it is it there? Is it there... too late to swipe right on dating? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good one. You do swipe right Josh for yes, one. right? <laughs> I or is it left I, for yes? I don't know. I think you're asking the wrong group of people. <laughs> oh, but man. some bad things would happen if I opened up this app. <laughs> yeah. You'd be, end up being surrounded by dogs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the wrong dogs. The wrong dogs. And yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. Jeez, let's not go there. Um, so, Kareem, you were talking. Uh, go the, ahead. The, <laughs> with with the final company, Kicksense. You know, I have my concerns about it, but I think that. Like on the whole, if karate is like kind of antiquated and there's it's it's like ripe for disruption, um, then introducing tech into it could be good. So is that your pick? Is it That's my pick? My pick is Kicksense. Whoa. Are we all just defending our own companies? You think Kicksense <laughs> is 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 more viable than than Dig? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, after talking to them today, I was like, I kind of like I wouldn't mind them on the show. But they have to convince the investors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If they want investment. Yeah. 
I think that, you know, Lee seems like a dynamic enough person and founder that um, the she could really get the investors on board with what she's doing. And uh, I think I could I could go for dig. Mm-hmm. Dig it. All right. So I think I think we all are kind of leaning towards our own people. I just I won mean, Kareem over. Are you kidding? Come on. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he still kind of wants kink sex. That's the tricky thing, right? Like, we're always trying to find good founders that are both super entertaining and exciting and compelling, but also have a good chance of winning over the room. And that's a lot to ask. Yeah, our jobs are hard. <laughs> Give us a their, break. Their jobs are harder, is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We went around in circles for a little longer, but eventually we came to a decision. It sounds like we have our winner. Right on. Yeah, I think we do. All right, I'll give them a call. Hello, this is Lee. Hi, Lee. How's it going? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you driving? Oh, actually, I just landed in L.A. Mm-hmm. and they lost my bag, which is fine. Oh. Um, it's okay. It's just filled with dog treats and bandanas to give out to our brand ambassadors out here. But we are okay because we just made it to the beach. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> A-OK now. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. That's the worst, though. Um, so guess what? What? You're coming on the show. <laughs> that is so great. That is so great. <laughs> You're our favorite. Oh my gosh. Thank you. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel great. That's super exciting. I love you guys so much. I just <laughs> never thought it would be mutual. I thought it would be this creepy one way, you know, relationship, but I really appreciate it. We matched. That's so cool. We matched. We swiped right. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, we want to see what you can do in the pitch room. Um, I can kill it. I promise you. I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, totally. Thank you so much. I'm so looking forward to this. This is going to be amazing, and I will live up to all the pizzazz and spunk that you uh, are thinking of me as, I promise. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. Yeah, thank you. Have Take a good care. one. Bye. Bye. We're really excited to see what Lee can do in the pitch room. But the more we talked about it, the more we thought, hey, maybe we shouldn't be the only ones making this decision. After all, the pitch team really liked KickSense and Luxology too. So we figured, why not open up another slot on the show and give you all the chance to weigh in? That's right. We're going to either have Hector from Luxology or Edward and Nana from KickSense on the show. And you get to vote on which one. So, whatever you're doing, stop doing it, and go vote for who you want to send to pitch our investors. You can go vote by going to thepitch.show slash vote. We'll keep the poll open for one week, so be sure to vote by June 26th. Our show is hosted by me, Josh Muccio, produced by Heather Rogers and Kareem Maddox. We were edited by Blythe Terrell. 
Theme music by The Musemaker, original compositions from Breakmaster Cylinder and The Musemaker. We are mixed by Enoch Kim. And here's our disclaimer. No offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pitch Show. You can find more episodes of The Pitch for free on Spotify, so follow us there or wherever you listen. We'll be back with a new episode next week. See you then. This episode of The Pitch was brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you can tell every business owner has a unique set of problems to solve. That's why small business owners want someone to not only understand, but prioritize their needs. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know how to help you choose personalized plans to fit your needs and budget. They get it, plain and simple. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.